Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Adam and I are back with this post-deadline day special episode. We're also joined by Ollie Dawes from Deepdale Digest, and we've got former North End player and TV personality and funny guy, Mark Lawrenson, with us as well. We'll be reviewing the transfer window, we'll look at our start to the season, we've got a bit about one of our two new boys, Ali McCann, and we'll also give you our 25-man squads for the season as well, so enjoy. Hiya, boys, are we good? Good to have you all, all here. Mark, thanks for joining us. Well, still alive, always a bonus. <laughs> Every cloud and all that. Absolutely. Um, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen many clouds. I've been in Mallorca for six weeks. All right, for some, innit? Well, yeah. And by the way, have you seen how well they're doing, Real Mallorca, back in La Liga? No. Are they're, they the uh, ones that have just had storage on trial? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether they've taken him. I, I spoke to someone the other day and they didn't think he, he was going to be taken, but I, I, I don't know. Well, because they're... they're um, they're like a lot of teams now. They've gone into being a very much a pressing team, and I don't think Sturridge is basically a presser, not even of his own clothes. <laughs> no, he'd fall apart, wouldn't it? Yeah, but they got seven points from uh, first three games, so it's uh, it's good. Would you say they're like your your second team or third, no, third. Team, maybe third? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I go North to end Liverpool and Mallorca in that order. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I go, I go to watch when I can. It's it's good fun because it's just it's just really really chilled and the grounds never the grounds never full. It's always nice and warm and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes the football is quite good. I suspect it's probably not much better than watching football in the sun with a beer. Correct. But my better half goes. She she loves it. She's she she um. She's really got into it and it's frightening now. You know, when somebody comes out with all these bloody stats and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, do you know what? Your contract could be up very, very soon if you keep both of our We'll start then with, obviously, there was links. I think these were mainly yesterday with um, players that we, we, we were allegedly in talks with. Uh, Michael Obafemi, who ended up going to Swansea. From mm. Southampton and a player that you might know, Mark Shea Ojo from Liverpool. From Liverpool, yeah, yeah. Where, um, he's, where's he gone? Millwall. Yeah, yeah Millwall. Yeah, Millwall. Yeah. Why, think, would you go, why would you go to Millwall and not go to North End? So, Sunny Millwall or Sunny Preston? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Adam and Ollie. I think you two probably know more about the Ojo and Obafemi links than than I do. But there was definite sort of contact made, wasn't there? Yeah, it sounds like it, but Swansea seemingly have done us again in the transfer window. This seems to happen every window now where Swansea beat us to somebody. Um, but they've got him for one and a half mil rising to two million. And then Diojo one would have been a loan and then Millwall seemingly 
Beatles and then a, and then a Dutch team to him. A Dutch team as well. Interesting. Yeah. Not sure who it was, mind you. I think Adam, did you say or Ollie, one of you two said to me yesterday that they Liverpool were looking to sell him initially? I think there was deals of, I think it was talk about five million, so definitely not selling him to us. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think there was talk about him wanting to sell him. I mean, he is 24, isn't he? So he's not really going to get a, a game at Liverpool. And it's probably more to do with most of these Premier League loans now about getting a loan fee in and making your money that way and then eventually selling them or getting rid of him on a free because he's not going to get in a Liverpool team, is he? So yeah, we missed out on him, but we ended up getting Murphy, which I think they moved pretty quick on after anyway. So Yeah. Yeah, we'll come on to him in a little bit more detail in a bit. I think as well there is that Adam Ida was it was an odd one because that was quite late on. I don't know if you've heard anything other than the the wild rumours on Twitter about that one. Yeah, his name just seemed to come up on Twitter very late in the day, but I haven't heard anything that there was even interest from North End. Never mind anything beyond that. Mm. I think if we'd managed to get him in on loan, he would have been it would have been a really good end to the window. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was been... nothing more than Twitter. I think that's all it was. Yeah, definitely. It would have been the the icing, no, the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake, wouldn't it? And then obviously there was the the Sam Morsey links as well. He's ended up going to Ipswich, hasn't he? Which yeah, when when I think it was the Teesside Gazette were talking about Morsey leaving, and they said that Ipswich wasn't going to happen because it was Paul Cook that wanted him because he was his captain at Wigan. Yeah. But they were saying that he wouldn't wouldn't drop to League One and that North End were keen. And then come the end of deadline day, he had gone down to League One. It's funny though, isn't it? Deadline day, how things can change. I mean, I don't yeah. know how involved you've been in the past with deadline day as it is, Mark, or um never. <laughs> I've never I've never no, I've never I've never gone anywhere near deadline day or anything. So um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Just as he said about the lad going to it, he didn't want to drop down to League One, but they offer, obviously offered him more dough than we did, so he's dropped down to League One. Kel surprise. But I've, what I have noticed certainly is that there's, there's very little money actually being spent in the Championship, which I think will be the follow on from <clears throat> obviously COVID, pandemic, etc. Everybody kind of cutting the cloth. And we, see, we seem to have done. All right, we're obviously a little bit look, uh, unlucky with Izzy Brown, not because he's what was he probably out for six months? I would have thought, which yeah, is yeah, suspect real, he'll be out for the season. For the season, yeah, that's that's, that's a real blow for him and, and also for us. But um, we, we wait and see. I don't know anything about the boy, this Ali McCann. Um, <laughs> I've never seen. I've never even heard him spoke about. So it'll be interesting to see. He's a midfield player, is he not? Yeah, he's. A, I think he's a bit of a box to box midfielder. However, I'll hand you over to someone who knows a little bit more about our new boy. I'm Eric Nicholson, a sports writer with The Courier newspaper. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at C underscore Cap E Cap N for Nicholson. So that's at C underscore E Nicholson, no H. And on the Talking Football podcast at thecourier.co.uk. Ali McCann is the type of central midfielder that you really don't see as much as you used to, mainly because he's a he's a box-to-box central midfielder that can do pretty much everything at a really high standard. 
Um, you're you're used to seeing number sixes and number eights and attacking midfielders, holding midfielders, call them what you will. But Ali McCann will, like I say, do a, do a bit of all the above. Um, ultimately, will he specialise? The higher he goes, will he specialise in one of them? If I had to say which one it would be, it would probably as the sort of the sitter that does the sort of the basics well, the short passing, breaking up attacks, that sort of thing. But you really don't want to deny him the opportunity to to get up and down the pitch because he's such an athletic player that those assets are going to be big assets for Preston. In terms of weaknesses, there's no real obvious weaknesses to his game, but I would say his long passing could probably be something he'll, he'll look to improve over the years. And although he's definitely got a goal in him, it's he's maybe not quite as prolific as he should be. Get him into the box more, and he will score more goals. So yeah, just that's those two are probably the only two sides of his game I could see that you could look to improve. That'll improve the higher he goes, though. How far can he go? I think St Johnston fans don't expect him to stop at Preston. With the greatest respect to Preston in the English Championship. They think he's an an English Premier League performer. He's already got a few Northern Ireland caps under his belt. Um, he's a young man, 21, won two cups. So, yeah, I think they would probably expect him to move on to the next level within two to three years, probably. What should Preston fans expect? I mean, Ali's a class act on and off the pitch. He's, he's quite a quiet guy off the pitch. Comes from a humble family. He'll not shout his mouth off. Far from it, he'll do his talking on the pitch. He'll give absolutely everything. You'll never, you'll never see him pull out of a tackle or not make a run or you know start throwing toys out the pram. That sort of thing. He'll be the sort of committed player that fans love and with the quality to match it. Who would I compare him to? I think the obvious one is probably Stephen Davis. Um, it's obvious because. He's kind of the heir apparent to Stephen Davis with Northern Ireland and he's bound to have learned a lot of Stephen Davis when they've been in, in squads together. Funnily enough, the two of them came up against each other when St Johnson played Rangers in the Scottish Cup quarter-final of last season, which Saints upset the odds to win and McCann was magnificent that day. There was a there was a last-ditch tackle, I think it was an extra time that he made on, on Ryan Kent that was as crucial as any of the as the equalising goal and anything that sort of went before or after it. It was a huge moment in the game and I think that was a real eye-opener for a lot of people that, you know, Ali McCann was ready to go up to the next level, as were his games against Galatasaray when he was probably man of the match in, in both matches. Yeah, thanks for that, Eric. And make sure, if you are listening, that you go and check Eric out on social media and his work over at The Chronicle. And yeah, back to back to some chat with Lauro. Ollie, you you did a written piece, didn't you, about him? Yeah, uh, I spoke to Ben Banks, who runs Not the Old Firm, and he's a big Motherwell fan. And messaged me last night when the deal was sort of getting close, and just couldn't believe the figures that were being talked about. Because I think St Johnson had sort of set out that it was going to be at least two million, possibly three, and then they've sold him to us for what sounds like one point two, rising to two million ish. So yeah, just couldn't believe that North End had got him because Celtic had been after him for a little bit and Stoke had had a look and it seems like they beat a few teams to get him. 
I think Rangers were another one as well that were linked, yeah. weren't they? Surely not Rangers, though, isn't they? Yeah, surely not Rangers and Celtic to a, another Scottish player. <laughs> you just throw it in, don't you? You know, if you if if somebody rings up the club, like McCann's club, and they say, "What about what about the boy McCann?" You go, "Well, you know what? Rangers and Celtic are looking at him." Yeah. It's true, though, isn't it? Ollie, by the way, is there a riot going on in your house there or something? And what was happening? Uh, the walls in this building are very thin and my neck's oh, right, okay. are very, very loud. So. I, thought, I, I thought about to see some paratroopers coming through the walls or something. I wonder what was happening. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously he's come in, signed a four-year deal. I think that says a lot that the club obviously rate him. Obviously, they rate yeah. him. They're not going to sign a player they don't rate. But 21 as well, the kind of signing that I think we've been talking about for a few weeks that we need to start making and come away from the signings where the League One, League Two, 25, 26, 27, got very yeah. little sort of future sell-on value. He ticks a lot of boxes for us. And I think as well, just something that I'd want to address, I've seen a lot of people on social media saying that midfield probably isn't a place that we need to look to strengthen. But Adam, I know on it was either Sunday just gone or the one before, we were saying on, on the podcast that yeah, we've got a lot of bodies in midfield, but there's not a lot of variation there, is there? And obviously, we still haven't replaced Pearson since he's left, and that's that's been telling in the games. Yeah, I felt um, it was interesting because I listened to the clip from the um, the guy who was talking about McCann, and he said that he is a bit of a an all rounder in terms of midfielder, and he did say that if he was going to cement a position, it probably would be like a defensive midfielder role, <clears throat> and I think we do need that in terms of somebody getting the ball off the bat four and kind of dictating play in a similar way to Pearson did. And I think that's probably what we do need. And I think if he is going to settle down for that, because I think these days you kind of do get pigeonholed, don't you, in terms of you kind of need to settle down with an actual position because if you become a jack of all trades, you come a bit like Alan Brown, don't you, where then suddenly you're like, where's his best position? And you kind of need to nail something down. So, He's only 21. Whether he does nail something down, well, well, we'll see. But he's definitely, I think, I think with the the signings we've made the last three windows in terms of Reese Whiteman and now McCann, they're definitely the type of signings that we've been calling out for. And all of a sudden, as well, I chuck into that. Well, yeah, only definitely. 22, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, we need to be signing more players like that and less players like Evans and. Like that, <laughs> so, and, and so on. Yeah, um, Mark. I don't know what it was like in your day, but obviously we we've just spoken about Alan McCann there and said he's a box to box player. He's not sort of nailed down a position. I don't mm. suppose there was much of having to nail down a position if you're a midfielder. You're a midfielder. Yeah, I, su- I suppose so. Um, but I think even obviously even in my day, which obviously feels somewhat archaic, it, it was you had players who could play in all sorts. A different positions. I mean, when I went to Liverpool, um, they bought me obviously as a centre back. I was playing full back. I played all the four midfield positions, just like all over the place. But um, it wasn't really mentioned. He just went out and played, and nobody. I mean, it, you've got to have a name for every player that plays now in that position, haven't you? You know, a number ten or you know, withdrawn number seven, and all that kind of stuff. But it was completely different. But the game still, the game's still the same. Um, and, you know, I think looking at what we've got so far, without obviously knowing much about the new boys who've, who've come in, we're getting numbers. It looks like we're going to have competition 
for places. Um, There's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, well, that's good, isn't it? That's great because I think then you can change the team on a, on a on a regular basis. Just just to fire one or two people up, we we still, I don't know, we we we're not guaranteed goals, are we? Is that I probably think... the, the probably the best way I can put it? We are not. We haven't got a guaranteed goal scorer. I think even though Emil started the season well, I think it's five and seven for him in all competitions. Mm. It's as much as I want him to do well and want him to succeed, I think it's too early to say that he'll guarantee your goals through the season because yeah. it's his first full season at this level, isn't it? Yeah, he's learning. He's learning and he, look, he looks stronger. Um, but, you know, it's, it, championships are t- a tough league to learn in. So... Um, we just hope lots of other people can chip in, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's that's important. You know, you, you look to past seasons where Alan Brown got, I think, 12 goals the season that before Callum Robinson left. And Callum Robinson got 12 seasons, uh, 12 seasons, 12 goals in his last season here. Um, so, yeah, if we can start spreading the goals around, then yeah, it takes a bit of pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, most definitely. And the other thing as well is like, <laughs> midfield midfield players who all of a sudden have this habit of scoring goals is is a really good habit to have. So long long may it continue. I think the important thing for McCann as well is that he's he's a potentially assailable asset, which we'd kind of run out of. <laughs> and we potentially got Reese depending on how he does. But I think the last January he'd run out of them. And if this guy's an international, he's already played in Europe, he's only twenty one. If we've got a potential there, I'm sure Trevor will be uh rubbing his hands if we get a decent offer for him in a few years. Oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm, surprised, that... I'm surprised he agreed to pay 1.2. He must have just had a sleep I was and woken just, up startled. I was just going to say that. Something that you said, I think the first time you came on <laughs> with us was it turns Trevor on not having to pay a transfer fee. So I can't oh, imagine right. what paying 1.2 million has done to him. Well, he owes himself 40 quid, doesn't he, Trevor, as we know? <laughs> hey, I thought it was interesting that we were linked with strikers all day yesterday and then they came out and said we'd made a few seven-figure offers that had been rejected for players and then suddenly we went for a midfielder that we'd kind of been linked with before. So I wonder whether they'd kind of run out of options in strikers and then thought, oh, we'll go back in for McCann and see what we can do late in the day. Because they did need a signing, didn't they? Because things weren't very pretty. On social media yesterday, and I don't I think, think that's a very polite way of saying how social yeah. media was at times yesterday. Yeah, I think they probably thought because he's he's a he's an investment, isn't he? So yeah. whether you buy him now or buy someone in January, it doesn't matter. We can go back in for strikers at a later date, can't we? I think having Wickham in the building maybe helped them as well. Not completely push for a striker they didn't they weren't absolutely sure on because they can still sign Wickham outside of the window if they want to. Whereas I'm guessing maybe if they'd waited another four months or so to go for McCann, he might have been out of might, might have been out of our range. Yeah, good point. Now, how old's Wickham? Twenty-eight, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's certainly not over the hill, if you if you will. No. Um, but obviously, it's his injury record, isn't it? That's the problem. Um, can he stay fit? Yeah. Um, well, that is that is that is a big ask, isn't it? It's a bit like somebody like Matip at Liverpool. He's, yeah. he's made a glass and, you know, comes in. He's, he's a really good player, plays 10 games. You think this is all good. And then he gets an injury and he's out for three or four months. And you, t- you look at him limping off. You think, oh, he'll be back next week. But it never, never happens. 
it's a bit. It's all Sunday seems to have been a bit like that because he he picked up a bit of a by all accounts something that seemed quite innocuous um, against St Johnston in pre season and we've not seen him. No, I think it was another Achilles. Was it Achilles for? I think Ola it Sunday? was. Yeah, he's not ruptured it though, is he? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, I think. Obviously, McCann coming in as well. Adam, you mentioned before, he's played in Europe. He's won the Scottish double. I think, was it the League Cup and the Scottish FA Cup? Yeah. Um, is that called the Scottish double, is it? I, I, that's what I'm calling it. All right, okay. Well, that, that says a lot about the standard up there then, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you get whiskey with it as well, that double? I'd, I'd, I'd imagine it's probably not far off if you want. Yeah, to happy days. Um yeah, I think you know that's that's obviously great experience for a lad of twenty one years old and coming in and and having. I mean, I hope he's not coming here expecting to win trophies because he's it's highly unlikely that he's going to do that. But it, you know, it's it's another thing for him to mm. another string for him to add to his bow, if you will. But listen, if he comes in here wanting to move, as in you know improving, we don't mind that, do we? No, you well, know, we've had how many just, players well, haven't we? That, exactly that have done that. That's how the club's been running many, many ways. So I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. And I think as well, I think if if people can sort of understand that and and get behind that, then it becomes less of a problem when you do sell them. But I think obviously the yeah. issue that we've had in the past is when you've had your Ben Pearsons and your Ben Davis and they've they've run down that they've maybe not run down the contracts, but their contracts have run down and you end up losing them for next to nothing. And yeah. that's the frustrating part, isn't it? But I mean, you know, a lot of the big clubs lose players. Look at Liverpool, uh, Torres, Suarez, Coutinho. You know, all, all those kind of players. That's that's the way that it is at the moment. And if you get massive money in for these lads, then then you let them go. But obviously, it's then we you know getting someone to play in the position or some other people. If you get that much money to come and play, which is which is a thing. And I, you know, I do. It's the, the more I watch football and and listen and read and stuff, you know. The recruitment, the head of recruitment at any football club, it's the second most important job. Because if you don't get it right, you're in the SH1T. And I mean, you know, and I'll go back to Liverpool because uh, the boy there, Ed, Edwards, he's, he's done unbelievable. Ab- absolutely fabulous. I don't, I don't think, basically, they've got a bad player. And all the players they've got, they've turned them into... Well, some of them world class, as you know, but uh, that that that's the key. With, with you know the Michael Edwards thing is just like, you know, what watch, 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 and then once you make your mind up, you're, you're in and you do it. I think that that's been a frustration for some fans is that obviously we mentioned before that the club needed to come away from signing the, for want of a better phrase, a League One and League Two journeyman, uh, and start reinvesting in the young up and coming talent and. I think that's been something that's been thrown at the club is a lack of apparent transfer strategy. Um, I know we've spoken about it on here. And like you just said, Mark, it's, it's absolutely key, isn't it? Not just yeah. to the playing side of a club, but to just the running of a club. Yeah. How are we How are we um, in terms of the kids? Any Anything, anybody coming through? I know. Yeah, there's Joe a- Rodwell Grant, isn't there, that... He's right. been in and around the squads, uh, made his debut against uh, Swansea. Well, he only came on for about a minute, two minutes, something like that. But 18 years old, he's he's a big lad. I think he's like six foot summit. Plays through the middle, does he? Yeah, centre forward, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, 
And then they've got Lewis Lee, uh, centre midfielder. I think he's at like 17, maybe, 18. Okay. Um, he's just taken Ben Whiteman's old number, shirt number, number 17. So Right. I think Frankie's spoken about it, but, you know, for a young lad like that to get a low number, or what, what's perceived to be a low number, says quite a bit. Yeah, he does. No, good. So yeah, there's a couple there, and then I think there's a couple more, isn't there, on the fringes? Ollie, I think you you probably know maybe a little bit more about Moeni and Siri. And- yeah, I was going to say Siri and Moeni. They've already set up professional contracts for them once they turn. Is it eighteen that you have to be to sign a pro deal? I don't know. If it's eighteen or seventeen. I'm not sure. Yeah, anyway, I, can't which one it is. I think it's seventeen. I think. Yeah. The- They've already got those deals done, ready to go. And I think everyone's quite excited about Noah Moeni and not just because he's Yule's kid. Yeah. His goal-scoring record for midfield in the youth setup last season was pretty good. So, fingers crossed. I think he got something like 10 or 12 goals, didn't he, from midfield? Yeah. And like a handful of assists as well, which, like you say, from from centre-mid at, at any level, that's a decent return. Um, but he's quite... Quite a, I wouldn't say tall and like big, but he's quite a, a gangly sort of lad. Yeah, rangy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's quite quite odd to watch in and in, in as non harsh a way as possible. You know, um, there's, there's players like that, aren't there? I mean, Neil. I play with Neil Mellor's dad, Spider, um, who, who played up front, and he he was just the same. Yeah. Um, you know, when he was he was unbelievably leggy, and he's one of those who. He'd run at you and you think, oh, I'll just nick the ball off his toes. And he just, because he was so long and he started to just knock it away from you. He made, he made bundles of goals. Remember like called Peter Ward at Brighton? No, I played for England when he was in, when we were in the second division. He scored 30 odd goals twice in the, uh, in what was then division two and, pl- and played for England. But Ian Mellor made, made most of his goals for him. And he was the best one when I was coach at Newcastle was um, Aspria. Tino, I mean, he was nuts. But I tell you what, what, what a good player he was, and the amount of free kicks and stuff he used to get for us was was amazing. But he was bonkers. Do you have any good? You got, you got any stories? stories. Yeah. <laughs> what? Do I have any stories? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. So t- Tino, Tino had um, um, obviously couldn't speak any English, so so he had a translator. And on the Friday after training if we weren't going to travel away to play somewhere, he and the translator would go to the local Barclays bank and, and draw Tino's money out for the, for the, for the weekend. And it would, be, it would be in five figures. It wasn't like 750 quid. It would be in five figures. And I remember um, I'm saying, when the fellow was telling me, I said, what the hell? What was he spending his money on? And he just looked at me and started laughing. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just a party animal. It was just a party animal. And, and, you know, all of a sudden these lads came from nowhere and they got these unbelievable sums of money. And it would, it would blow your brains out to a certain degree. It was a, it was a, it was a really good lad he was. It was a great lad. Just funny the fact that you're just thinking of that and you just can't speak a word of English. No, no. <laughs> well, you know what? They blamed him for not, getting, for not winning the league because they signed him quite late and they blamed him. And it wasn't, it wasn't him. He actually was one of the better players in between Jan 1st till well, whenever it was, middle of May. He was one of the better players. The other players actually stopped playing a little bit, lost a little bit of form. But now T- Tino was a, a, a proper, proper player. But And you could absolutely, totally bollock him. And he'd just smile. 
And it, do you know what? It's so difficult to deal with that. You like you want to go WTF? We got, but because he didn't speak any English, and he just smile at you, and that was it. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't suppose there's much you can do with that, is there? Really? No. Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit more about the the second signing that we made yesterday, which was obviously Josh Murphy, uh, quite a versatile forward. I think he's played through the middle. He's played out wide. I think I'm right in saying he's played as a wing back as well, has he? I know his brother has at Newcastle. I'm not. I can't remember if Josh has or not. Maybe that's where I'm getting him mixed up then. Um, <laughs> but obviously, he comes with Premier League experience. Played for Norwich in the Prem. Uh, played for Cardiff in the Prem. It's something we've not got a lot of at the minute in this squad. What have we signed him on? Just he on loan to the end loan? of the season, but oh, right. he's out of contract at Cardiff in the summer. So okay, he, he had quite yeah. quite high praise for Frankie as well in his first interview yesterday. Yeah, it's had something to do with it, hasn't it? Because mm. he worked together in Norwich, money. didn't he? Um, oh, of course. I was, yeah, I was trying to work out the connection. Of course, it was Norwich. Yeah, mind to tell you what, our, our two wingbacks are, good, are probably our best players, aren't they? Earl's done really well since yeah. he's coming, I think. Yeah. yeah. I like last uh, two games, yeah. And our, our Dutchman's a good player. Oh, yeah. You can't, how can you not love him? He's brilliant, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. And I, I think the more responsibility you give him, the better a player he's going to be. Did you see much of him at Liverpool? It wasn't it wasn't there to be seen very much, to, to be honest with you. They played, I think he played one or two times in, in, in the first team. They'd, they'd all said they thought he was going to make it, but not necessarily at Liverpool because they're looking for Champions League players, aren't, yeah. aren't they? But he's is a good player. You can you can just see he's a good player. I mean, I went to Morecambe. Um, my dad played for Morecambe, and my stepfather also played for Morecambe. So I thought I'll go and watch and everything. And he he looked head and shoulders above most people. And some of them, when the ball came to him, it looked like it was on fire. And he just he just dealt with the ball really really well and stuff. He just looks like he's going to be a proper player. Him. Yeah, he's he looks a class above already, doesn't he? And he's yeah. what nineteen, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think one thing that I was quite surprised at, obviously, they, they talk quite a lot, don't they, about oh, if you're playing under twenty threes, it's not the same as men's football. And I was not concerned, but I was more intrigued as to how he was going to cope with the physicality of the championship. And I think he's like he's taken to it like a duck to water. Yeah, but the, the other thing about that is that the, the under twenty three games are crap. They're, they're, honestly, they're, they're a waste of time. It's just to see if you're fit enough to run around and there's no tackling and all that. But you'll train with the first team all the time. So, you know, when, and when you're up against your Salas of this world and all the other boys, um, it makes you extremely sharp and also gives you an idea of w- what level you've, you've, you've to try and get near to ju- just to actually make it there. So I think that's one of the good things about some of the big clubs is that they, they chuck players like him who they think's got a chance. They just took him into training and, and you know, sink or swim. Well, he's he's obviously swam, hasn't he? And he's, I think he's good news for us. He's come and played for us for another year, isn't he? Yeah, no, it's very good news for us. Um, in terms of Josh Murphy, then, do you two, Adam and Ollie, do you expect to see much of him playing through the middle as a central striker or do you think we'll change formation or like, what, what do you think the future holds for him? Because it's quite an odd one. We don't really play with wingers. Yeah, it's a little bit strange with the current formation, isn't it? Because you can't see a natural fit for him. I think more likely to play as one of the two strikers than as the number 10. But like Adam was saying, he, he cost Cardiff 11 million quid three years ago. So 
got to have some pretty good quality about him. I know he scored, <laughs> against, he scored against us at Cardiff, didn't he, in February, was it? Um, looks like a pretty good two-footed player, can go either way. So pretty excited about it because I've often said that we've got away from signing players who can sort of play immediately well in the championship or have retail value. But in Murphy and McCann, I feel like we've ticked both boxes, really. Signing players that you feel can come in and, and hit the ground running in the championship isn't really something that you'd associate with us, is it? No, certainly not to Murphy's level. Mm. I think it's interesting that he's out of contract in the summer and Barky's out of contract in the summer. And I do think, I do wonder whether he is a future replacement. Are you planting a little seed there, Adam? <laughs> I don't know, you know, I mean, why would you not offer Barquet's in a new contract? It doesn't make any sense. Is, uh, is Sinclair not up as well? Yeah, Scott's up, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Scott's up. I don't know whether I don't know if I'd renew his contract, you know. I'd renew Barkey before Sinclair. Yeah. Where where do you, where do you think Sinclair would go though? I mean he, I know he's on big money, isn't he? Yeah. You know, that's By no all secret. Accounts. Yeah, but where, where where do you think he'd go after us? If we finished halfway up the league this year and he had oh. an average season... You can't see another championship club coming in for him, can you? No. Not, not with the kind of money he probably thinks he should get, no. Mm. I think Murphy, to be fair, did play up front for Cardiff a few times last season. Um, so I don't know whether we've got him in there. We are quite... I said it the other day, we are quite heavy up top. So I wonder whether... It does give us options because you can't play... I know people are saying we don't play with wingers, but sometimes you need to change your game. You can't just play three, five, two and stick with it. You know, if you yeah. if you want to be able to like the Huddersfield game, for example, we probably needed something similar to try and change the game because it was just it was just pretty well, there was no changing of it. We couldn't we could have played all night, we wouldn't have scored. So sometimes well, you need something different, don't you? Yeah, by the way, I was at that game and they could have played all night and not scored. In fact, they did. Well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but basically, I mean, because I did this thing, I was just, I was, I had hospitality, some friends of mine who sort of sponsors there and everything. I, and, saw, I saw you there. You parked behind me and uh, me and George. Tried to say right. hello, but all I, right. think, I don't think you clocked me. Oh, uh, well, I would have head down when I'm in Yorkshire, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Isn't that the rule? <laughs> Get your head down. Um, and they came up to me after the game and they said, what do you think of the, what, and I, the game? And I just went, and of course I was naffed off and I went, two crap teams, which probably on the night we were. And then lo and behold, have they won two or three straight uh, at Huddersfield? I think both of us have. Well, but yeah, well, I knew we had, obviously. I, I know certainly, I looked at Huddersfield and I thought, I'm not sure about that. And they were, t they were telling me that they had a midfield player called Lewis O'Brien. Linked with Leeds, and wasn't he? Linked with Leeds, and I'm watching him play, and I thought, if he's linked with Leeds, I'm putting my boots back on, because I just couldn't <laughs> I couldn't see what he did. He was just like a neat and tidy midfield player, and I'm thinking, I thought he'd be like 6-1, he'd be up and down the pitch, you know, a typical Bielsa kind of player, and he'd, get, he'd, get, he'd be thud and blunder and all that, and I just, I just couldn't see. And I said, are you sure he's not got a twin who's not playing tonight or anything? But... <laughs> Anyway, it didn't, it didn't happen, did it? So I think maybe that was a Stoddersfield trying to flog somebody. Yeah, quite possibly. I think they're struggling mm. a bit with uh, with Dosh, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think they definitely they definitely are. Yeah, uh, I think they're in a bit of a mess. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Adam, about obviously Murphy being out of contract, and then Barky and Sinclair. Because I think I think I can see Barky going to another Championship club quite easily. 
very versatile. Good age. What is he? 26, 27, 28? I think 28, he's 28, isn't he? <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give... Sorry, I'm going to say, I'll give you something, Jake, about Barky. Do you think he knows the game? Because I don't. I, I think Barkhausen just is one of those instinctive players. Ball comes to him and he plays. And I think when he has to think about it, I just don't think he's the same. I mean, when he first came, he was kind of frightened of his own shadow a little bit. But he's, he's got over that. But he was, and, uh, he was electric at the same time, wasn't he? Well, that's the other thing. I mean, has he, has he lost a little bit of pace? Or I, I don't know. He just... I, I know what you mean, because there was times, especially under Alex Neal, where... The Barky of old, you'd look at him and you'd think he'll go and try and take a man on the outside, mm. but he'd stop and turn around and pass the ball back or pass the ball inside, and you'd be like, "What are you doing?" Mm. I the Barky that we we saw eighteen months before that or two years before that, he'd have knocked the ball ten yards past him and beat him for pace and whipped the ball into the box. Or well, he looked a proper player, didn't he? Mm. We kind of thought, you know, we thought, absolutely certainly thought we'd, we'd pinch somebody. Well, we pinched him anyway, but in terms of the money, but. We kind of thought, wow, we've, we've we've got a player here, and it, it sometimes happens with players where they just they come and they play, and it's all instinct, and then as soon as they start to think about it, they, they just change completely. They just, I get the impression that he's thinking too much about his game rather than what you're good at. Well, I'm electric, I've got electric pace. Well, you know what? Go and use it. If you miss, if if you give the ball away on a couple of occasions, so what? But I tell you what, once you go past the fullback. He'll then be taking step back, and it'd be even easier to beat him. Yeah, I think that kind of links in with the way that teams kind of found us out a little bit because Barky's great. You know, when you counter attacking, you know, or you can get him in behind. Mm. As soon as the team sits deep, he hasn't really got that, you know, skill to beat a man, and he often just ended up passing it backwards half the time. Yeah. I think that kind of that was a bit of a theme through all our squad um, when teams found us out, especially at home. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that in that Huddersfield game, I've I've never been at a match where there's been so many sideways or or you know back passes or passes backwards. I should say, not back passes. And I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, well, why doesn't somebody at least look to pass it forward? Um, I think the only the only two that that tried were Whiteman and Ledson, and but more often than not, they were just overhit. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's just so, it's just so important because. The more you go sideways and that, people just they're just sat in. And it's like, go on then, break us down now. And you, you're just gonna have to be you, A, you're gonna have to lump it and you're gonna be lucky, aren't you? And you give the ball away most most of the time. So Well that that second half against Huddersfield, I don't think we tested the keeper at all, did we? We had didn't. them two shots in the first half and obviously one cleared off the line. I think one from Wyman was straight at the keeper. Yeah. And then DJ had one that the keeper tipped over the over the bar or around the post, whatever it was. Yeah. And that was all in the first 15 minutes. Other yeah. than that... Well, that's the other was... thing as well, is that is that we want DJ up in the last third, don't we? You know, that's where he's at his best, isn't he? Yeah, we've seen um, that the last two games, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it makes it makes a massive diff- massive difference when you... Because, you know, he scores and he makes things happen. And his passing is actually really, really good. And he, he looks cool because he's left-footed, isn't it? It's like left, it's like it's like left-handed golfers and left-handed cricketers. They all look <laughs> really kind of cool, and it looks like it's so easy as opposed to us right-handers. But I don't know what that's all about. I know what you mean. It looks easier, doesn't it? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, 
So yeah, what what do you reckon with Josh Murphy then? Do you reckon he's he's someone that we will look to bring in in the summer? If obviously know, if he does well and and whatnot. My only worry is so Mick McCarthy's let him go. Now, obviously, I played a lot with Mick and everything, and that worries me that he's let him go because um, that suggests that maybe he's one week good and the next week not so good, and. Mick demands absolutely. The one thing you do is you 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 run your Watson names off for Mick. You know that's the way that he plays, and it's it, it's not a particularly good watch, but that's just the way that he is. And if you don't buy into it, he lets you go. So yeah, it'll just just be interesting to see to see what it's like. You don't know, you know, these lads new start. You know, yeah. Um, do you think that, that that's well, a big thing for footballers? Like a change of environment, change of scenery can be like catalyst to go on and yeah. have a good time just something yeah, as yeah. simple as that it is as simple as that because also when you know whether you're 50 million or, or, or 50 grand and you walk into a dressing room the one thing you want to do to all your teammates your new teammates is prove you can play you know that's and, and the sooner you do that obviously the, the better so um, no, I think it's I think it's a, a massive thing like that like that. I mean, I hope, I hope he does well, and he might just need he may he may actually not need Mick giving him a bollock in every two minutes. That's you know he might need some loving from Frankie. So you know, get on with it. Yeah. In terms of the rest of the window, then obviously we brought back Liam Lindsay on a permanent after his loan spell. Uh, we brought back obviously Seppi we touched on before and uh, mm. Dan Iverson on a season long <clears> loan. Got Ola Sunday in on a permanent as well, obviously, after his contract expired at Rotherham. Then Izzy Brown, obviously, we all know what's happened to Izzy. I'm really unfortunate with, with yeah. the injury. And then there's Jamie Thomas as well, who I suspect will have paid like a nominal fee for him from uh, from Bamba Bridge. I can't imagine we've got him on entirely on a free, but it will have been a drop in the ocean compared to the likes of what we've paid for Ali McCann, I would imagine. So how, how, how old's how old's a boy from Bamber Bridge? twenty four. Yeah. Okay. He came okay. he came through it, I think, Bolton and then went on to Burnley. Yeah. And he had a couple of loans that he... Yeah, he dropped he had a couple of loans, but he said that he dropped out of the game for like mental health reasons and then came back and had to sort of start quite low in non league again. So he was at AFC Blackpool. Squires Gate and then Brig. Okay. I think even for for Brig, I think he was considered a bit of a coup for them, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, well, listen, I mean, you know, he's, if he's he's come back, hasn't he? So that tells you that you know he's got some resilience and obviously some strength of mind, as it were. You just never know, dear. And probably he just so I don't know what sort of money beyond, but in comparison to Bamber Bridge, he'll feel like a millionaire, but. You know, but, well, but but and you just think, oh my god, how good is this now? I'm, I'm getting paid good money to play football, and you know, he's had all those chances and he's come back. So it's a right story, know. isn't it? It is yeah. a, a right good story. Well, uh, Roy of the Rovers stuff, isn't it? He, he yeah. played against Preston in a friendly, scored twice, and now all of a sudden he's a Preston player. Just, you, just one of those things where you never know what can happen. No, but I can't. I can't believe we just saw him that day and took him. Obviously, somebody must have been bending their ear about him as as a player, because that would be a worry if he just in a friendly scored two against you and you decided to sign him. Well, we had him on trial, didn't we, for a bit? I think. Yeah. Oh, did, all right. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good. Came in on trial. I think it was the Accrington game in pre-season, and the the rumor was that obviously there was the trialist on the team sheet, and there was a few few people on Twitter saying. Uh, 
the uh, tweeting the Wilfred Bonny song that oh come on Wilfred Bonny. I'm like surely not. And so I'm I'm at the game with George for for work, looking around. And I was like definitely not Wilfred Bonny. Here. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, turns out it was Jamie Thomas from Bama Bridge. <laughs> But like I said, it's it's a it's a fairy tale story, isn't it? But in terms of the window, obviously with the play the the deals that we've already done earlier on in the window, how how do you you boys look at that? Uh, I I liked the All Sunday deal. I thought that we needed a right, a proper right wing back with a bit of pace that can get up and down, and getting him on a free was a no brainer. Really, the Lindsay deal is okay. It's just that they made a big song and dance about him being left-footed, but he can't play on the left side of a back three because he hasn't got the pace. So then it feels like focusing on being left-footed was irrelevant because he can't play there. It, it felt, didn't it, the, the focus on the fact that he's left-footed, it felt almost as if they were like, this is our replacement for Ben Davis when it yeah. couldn't have been yeah. further from the truth. No, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. L- Lindsay has his qualities. I think he's fine... He can be fine in the centre of a back three. And I think he'll compete with Bauer for that job this season. It's just that, like I say, they made a song and dance about him being left-footed. But you're looking at that back line now saying you'd ideally want another left-footer there to compete with Hughes because we know Lindsay can't really play there. Yeah, if Hughes gets injured then, what do we do? I'd almost rather play... to about four. I'd almost rather play Greg at left-sided centre-back than... Lindsay, because he did play there a few times with under Grayson, didn't he, back in the day? Well, I think yeah. he reads the game well, Cunningham. Mm. And uh, and he likes to tackle, doesn't he? I suppose with a back three as well, you don't need three proper centre-backs there, do you? You just kind of want, like, because Hughes is a full-back, isn't he? And he helps Earl out, like we were saying the other day. So you don't really need three tall bruisers at the back, do you? You I mean, want to play a bit. Look at England. Kyle Walker played right centre back in a back three. So I think I think the game's kind of almost going that way, where managers aren't too afraid of putting a full back in a back three anymore. I think they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be as well because it's if, if you're playing with three, it's easy. Hmm. Well, you, you look <laughs> you at the you're allowed Swansea to come out game. Yeah, go on. Sorry, um, you look at the Swansea game. The last I think 15, 20 minutes, Josh Earl was basically playing as a left sided attacker. So having Hughes there made sense. You know, he's played fullback how many times before most of his yeah. career, and and it enabled Josh Earl to push on and, and become that extra attacker. How often did but, you play in a three, Mark? Um, very very rarely. I remember uh, we went to start a one preseason. They had this idea that we played with three. I think it was Charity Shield. So there was Tomo. Uh, big Al Hansen and me, and it was easy for us. We had a we had a fag on. It was like happy day, and, and I remember we came in. I think we won. Um, we came in and uh, there was an old mighty row, and it was Suey, it was Charlie, and he he went. I'm not I can't play that effing way. He just hated it. He absolutely totally hated it, and it, we just we just that was it. We just forgot about it until Kenny, when Kenny was playing manager, we played, we played there a few times, a few different times, but no, Sunes hated it because he felt like he wasn't doing his job and he was such a good player that they went, mm, yeah, well, well, maybe we'll, we'll just leave that. But it was, 
You should just have a fag on and sit in a cigar. It was like, yeah, after you, Claude. See you later. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's class. Um, yeah, obviously, we touched on set before, but big big Dan Iverson in goal. That's uh, I don't think there's many many teams that can boast a better keeper in this league. No, he's, uh, when I've seen him, he's looked, he's looked really, really good. And um, he, he's big, isn't he? As you yeah, said, he's a, big. He's a unit, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it's good, especially in this, as we know in this league, because it just gets chucked in there, doesn't it? When teams are struggling, and, you, and you've got to have somebody who, who can deal with it. And I do like I, I do like Deck, but I think it's one thing that not just us have been critical of him about is he doesn't seem very commanding of his box. No, no, it's a so, big thing in a championship because, yeah. as you know, there's some brutes, aren't there? Well, yeah, we were linked with one, weren't we? Kenneth Zahor the other week. All right, well, okay. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have been a fan of, of that signing, to be perfectly honest. No. Um, would have been interesting, though. Yeah, it certainly would have. In terms of Izzy Brown, then, what? Obviously, he's, at, he's got, I think, is it a one plus an option yeah. that he's got? Yeah. Where do, you, where do you go in the summer with that? Do you, do you give him the option and, and give him the chance next season? or? Not sure you can say that now. You have to no. wait and see, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I think you know what. I mean, I did. I finished because I ruptured my Achilles. But obviously, medical science was different then. But it's a, it's a massive thing because it's your is it his right leg? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Is he right footed? No, I want to say he's yes, right, but I'm not. Right. Well, what, so the point is, if if, if it's your right leg and you, and you're right footed, it's your push off leg. You know, in terms of running, yeah. And you know, if if he was, I don't know if he's really, really quick. I haven't seen enough of him to know. But if he was, you'd just be worried he might lose half a yard. So, but I think I don't, I don't think you can make a decision until you see him towards the end of the season, can you? That's even if they include him in the squad in January. You know, they might. Cause I think Pat Bauer obviously did the same, and I think yeah. he was about six or seven months. But then they were looking at like sort of six to eight weeks for a recovery once you've recovered from the injury in terms of getting back to full fitness and yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, you know, you look at six or seven months, by the time he's he's back in getting fully fit, it's going to be the end of the season. So do you want to... Yeah, but then, yeah, but then so if you look at him in training then, and I know it's different, but he might he might look sharp. Yeah, I suppose. And I mean, we've entered the um, we've entered the Central League, haven't we? So there's the resi games that you'd imagine if he is fit and oh. ready toward the end of the season he'll be able to play in them as well is essentially back up and running yeah for, for us it is yeah and so what what quality of teams are in them i haven't got the foggiest no. <laughs> so what i'm saying is we we ain't got any of the big boys or anything like it used to be no i don't think so i think it's um yeah. teams like oldham and that are they? our next game in the central league is against walsall reserves next week Right. Okay. That answers that one then. Yeah. Unless, unless you know, in in that league, you, you play a load of kids against against guys, because that'll bring the kids on. Probably frighten them to death as well. But it'll it'll, it'll bring them on. And I that's think, you know. I think that is the intention. Kids, what frighten them to death? I'll yeah. Bring the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, oh, okay, that's, 
I just I, I thought for a minute you know, all the all the big boys might be chucking teams in as well, which would have been which would be great. And then you get, you know, and, and I know they're really protective all these big teams about the players that they've got. But occasionally you'd get, you know, lads who were on the bench on Saturday for, say, Liverpool or Man United, who need a game, chuck them in the Central League in, in midweek yeah. and, you know, let them play and, and you know, let there be tackles because, you know, the under-23s and all that, nobody tackles each other. And, you know, the bounce games are like, yeah, they're all well and good, but they're only for your fitness. They're not for anything else, are they? And, you know, it's like, Van Dijk comes back and I think Norwich was his first, well, Norwich was his first game and he got clattered and it was that split second where, he, and it was on his on his right leg and that split second where he thought, oh, and he he kind of limped a little bit and then he was absolutely fine. Well, he wouldn't have got that in the under-23. It would have been after you, Claude, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, anyway. Um, in terms of Conor Wickham then, what what... What's your boys sort of thinking around that? I I'm not I don't think it's gonna happen personally. Um I think maybe they did give themselves so keep him in the building until the deadline had passed, so that if they were absolutely desperate, I suppose they still had that option. But I think with Murphy being able to play up front and them still having a number of other players who can play there, I, and the already over the limit in terms of They've got 20-odd, like 28, 29 players that they have to cut down to 25. I'm just not sure they'll go and add another one now. Hmm. Do you reckon we've got enough, though, in terms of being a threat in the box? No, but that's probably as much down to past recruitment as anything else because I still don't really agree with the two-year deal for Chad Evans, to be perfectly honest. Um and I don't really understand why they did that deal and then sort of said that they wanted a striker all summer because the sort of investment in Emil is more more important to sort of the future of the club than keeping Chad around, in my opinion. I think that's a good point. That's a, that's a really good point. So, hey, well, I don't. I mean, at least we've at least we've got numbers to cut down, haven't we? Which is which? Which is a bonus as well. So, but I don't, I, I don't see us threatening the top six at all. I just don't, we haven't got the quality. No, completely agree. Um, I'm with you, Ollie. I think with with Murphy coming in, I just can't see it happening because, like you said, I think we've already got 27 or 28 that needs to be trimmed down. Yeah, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've got 28 written down, and that's without Izzy Brown. Yeah, I think for for my 25 man squad, I've got. Three keepers in Iverson, Rudden, Hudson. Um, yeah. I've got my defenders. I've got Ola Sunday, Bauer, Sepp, um, Andrew Hughes, Josh Earl, Greg Cunningham, Jordan Story, Paul Huntington, and Liam Lindsay. Midfielders, I've got Ledson, McCann, Whiteman, Brown, Potts, DJ, and Thomas. And then forwards, I've got Sinclair, Reese, Maguire, Barkey, Murphy, and Evans. So I, I had 23 written down. And then five that you'd say were sort of, to borrow a phrase from the NFL, on the bubble, where they're sort of fighting for sort of two places. And those five were Ripley, Huntington, Rafferty, Harrop and Thomas. And I think the other the other 23, I'd say, are pretty much nailed on. And then it'll be down to down to what they want to do after that. Listen, can I, can I just ask a question amongst these? 
where, where is Pot playing at the moment? He's playing, well, recently anyway, he's played in, either in the 10 or in, in a 2 up top. And I, did, I am a fan of Potts, but not a fan of him in a 2. Playing him up front for 70-odd minutes at Huddersfield was absolutely bizarre. He's never been a striker. No, I couldn't understand it. It just, it, when I saw him, I was trying to work out where he was going to play when I saw the team sheet. And then when I saw him play, and I just kind of thought it was like, oh, we've lost a couple of games. We're just going to try something different, which which is absolutely fine. But he's 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 not going to be a player in that position, is he? No. You know, that's and that's just not his position, basically. Yeah. I think, obviously, what he does bring is lots of energy and lots of running, but we've got a lot of players that do that anyway. I've got a dog that does that. <laughs> <laughs> He's got lots of energy and lots of running. He there can't get spotted either. That's the line for this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's funny. Um, what what have you got then, Adam? Well, I I'd keep Ripley and loan out Hudson because why not? <clears throat> I don't see the point in having keeping Hudson around. I mean, he's going to be out of contract. We'll probably get rid of him anyway. If he has a really good loan, you don't know what's going to happen. Ripley is, it's the end of Ripley, in it? There's no way we're going to be re-signing him. So you may as well have him as a third, as a th- the third keeper. Um, does McCann count? Yes. He does yeah. count. Jimmy said he counts because of when his birthday is in December. Yeah, because he's not in January. So he just misses the, like, the cut the by, yeah, by like a week or two, I think. Yeah. See, I'd I'd probably take Wickham for a year. Now the window's closed and it does go against everything I usually <laughs> say. But I think if you can get him on it, give his, his, his injuries, if you just get him on a one year, now the window's closed. I don't see how it... I'd probably just take him. But where do you fit him in your squad? Who, who misses out? Well, Rafferty, I wouldn't have him in my squad because I think Brown can play... The right wing back. So I think, I yeah, I'm with I you on that. You've got Olasundi, Bauer, uh, not Bauer, um, Olasundi, Sepp, Barky, Brown, all can play. Siri, right if you're desperate. Yeah. I'd have Hunts in because I think you need another centre back if we if play three at the back. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the forwards will be Sinclair, Reese, Maguire, Barky, Murphy, Evans, and Wickham. That's quite a lot, but. I do. I just. I just think now the window's closed. I don't. I just think why not? Well, listen. I think. I mean, the thing is, it is our problem position, isn't it? So, but what, is, what, is there what? such a thing as having too many options, though? Well, there can be, but I mean, you, you never know. You might just get two out of those that that actually work together. I suppose the other thing as well is it's a long season. I mean, we've got to remember yeah. we're only. What four games in, three games yeah. in, five games I, in, whatever it is, and there's going to be injuries, there's going to be suspensions. So, and you're better with them without them, without them, isn't it? If that's that's basically our weakest department, I think. So, try and make it your strongest in terms of numbers at the very least. I just think it needs to be someone who plays up with Reese, and we need to stick with that, whoever that is. Been working, Maguire's played well last two games, hasn't he? But I do think you need to change it a bit, you know, if you're going to. You know, if we're going to be putting crosses in and stuff like that, I think we need a bit more of a threat in the box. Evans, Sean, he's quite good in the air, isn't he? But apart from that, 
All of the other strikers are, are too good in the air. I mean, Reese no. isn't good in the air, is he? No. No, he's got, probably wide, have you? he's got a threat in the bit, Ed, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he has. That's not something you hear very often these days. No, no, well, no, we'll bloody understand it, that's why. Yeah, true. In terms of, obviously, the shape that we play and, and whatnot, with this group of players that we've got now, with or without Wickham, how flexible do you think we it enables us to be? Do you think it enables us to move away from playing the three at the back to maybe playing a four? Because I know, obviously, yeah. Frankie's, Frankie's said, hasn't he, like, some of, um, this isn't verbatim and, and word for word, but it's along the lines of some of his players can't play in a back four. Yeah, no, I think I think I'm always a little bit. You know, the, the managers will say, "Oh, we play, we'll play with a back three, but with wing backs," and you know, it's nothing about security; it's about width, and it's all that kind of stuff. More often than not, more often than not, it's about not conceding. And the other thing as well is. You know, when you play when you play that way with the wing backs and you're under pressure, you play with five and stick the goal in there. So you got six and you haven't got, you know, if, if and when you do get the ball, you ain't got too many people to pass it to. It's very simplistic, but it's true. And you you know, then you're trying to hit it into the channel for a for a fellow who's probably been marked by two defenders at, at the very, very least. So I think, you know, it's all right to play it on occasions, but if you can play as a wing back, you can play as a full back. It's, it's not much difference. You just got to think a little bit more, and it just comes from a slightly different position. It's like, oh, everyone keeps telling me to put the same play, um, Alexander Arnold in midfield. And I go, why? So, well, it'd be better in there, even better. And I went, well, it wouldn't be because you play in there and you play on the half turn. Right, play fullback. You're facing everything. You see absolutely everything, and he's a yeah. brilliant passer, and he's just clonking it everywhere. Playing midfield, some fellow will be ratting him and chasing him down, and all, and he will not be the same player. It's it's just it's just a completely different thing that. But you know, right back or right wing back, all day long, all day long, and that's I don't know. Sometimes I just I just feel I watch. I, some of the games I've seen this season, I've been I've been to a few. I actually, for my sins, with my mate, went to see um, Accrington Stanley Barrow last night in the whatever it's called. Cup. Yeah. Only because John Coleman yeah. lives around the corner from me, and he's just like he's just a great lad. What, by the way, what a job he's done there! Unbelievable. They turned under they turned a million quid down, you know, yesterday for the yeah. centre forward. Is it oh, Kobe? Bishop. Kobe Bishop. Who? Yeah. Bishop. Yeah. Yeah. So turned a million quid down. Because um, I, I saw him, I was speaking to him and everything. He said it's not enough money. But I um, can't remember what I was saying now. But oh, yeah, it's just I watched this game with my pal, and I used to play for Bamber Breach. So it doesn't qualify him to think about anything else. <laughs> and um, and I said, What do you think? And he went, Well, he said, Nobody's passing it forward. And I went, It's mad, isn't it? And it, it was Barrow and Accrington Stanley. And Basically, nobody was passing it forward, and it was a cut game. And you either want to be in that competition or you don't want to be in it. And I think you could have won ten grand last night if you got through, which obviously Hacky did on pens. But we'd we'd left a long time before that. But you kind of think, I don't know, football. It's it's just very very strange. There's so much backwards, sideways. I'm the real do sound like an old tosser, but but you, you watch the games, and it's like, really. So 
And there are so many teams now, especially in the Championship, that, that are going to be like that. There's, there's so much of a muchness, this, this league, isn't it? Yeah, it's not very... There's no... Barring probably Fulham and West Brom, there's no other real standout teams. No, there isn't. But well, um, I still don't think we'll be anywhere near the top six. I, I can't. I can't disagree. But we'll have a good moan in the meantime, won't we? Oh yeah, it's the North <laughs> yeah. End way, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, couple of questions for you then, Mark. Before we finish, mm-hmm. I don't know if the other boys have got any others, but who's your favourite North End player? Cool. Well, it wasn't the right backer we sold. Remember the right backer we oh, what was it? Darnell Fisher. Darnell. Christ Almighty! I tell you what, I've never, I've never shouted at players in my life ever, even when I was managing. But I, I used to abuse him. Um, favorite? I like, I like Brownie, because I just think he's. I'd rather have him playing off the front and getting your goals, um, but I just, he, he just plays anywhere and he gets on with it, and he's. I don't know him. He seems like a decent lad, but um, I think he should. Have, I think he actually should have done a bit better. But I think for the team, he's just he's taken it. And he, I mean, the number of different positions that he that he's played in. Yeah. Well, and I'd rather I'd, I'd rather have him up the other end because I think he'll, he'll get your goal, will he not? Yeah. Well, you know, from really midfield, disagree with that. He'll get he'll, he'll get he'll get your goal, and it's it's something that we're absolutely desperate for, and. But he seems the type of lad who won't knock on Frankie's door and say, "Look, you know, it's all right playing me right wing back or whatever." But I need I need to be further up the pitch. But he's probably that's, just such a nice lad, isn't he? I think that's where most of his goals have come from recently. Well, playing it yeah. right wing back. Uh, uh, recently, so he got he got two against Huddersfield last season. I think he got one on Boxing Day against Derby, Derby last yeah. minute. That worries me that that's only three. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is playing it? right wing, but Mark. To be fair, uh, yeah. Right. But I, I'd rather see him first. But I, he would yeah. be my favourite player. And I like whatever. Hunt. He's your favourite North no, End player no. ever. No, did you mean ever? Well, yeah. No. Oh, it's well, good. Good to know that Brownie's your your favourite, your current favourite. But... Well, Sir Tom's a, Tom's is a slight best ever. I mean, when, when my when my dad played, and uh, my dad was in the resies, obviously when Tom was was the man. And he just said to me, um, he said, so he'd, uh, he'd play on the right wing, Tom. And the, the fullbacks in those days were just assassins, right? That, every team was the same. And the, all, the, all the job was to do was to lump you into the terrace. And he said he'd play on the right wing and he'd dribble at the left back with his left foot. And he said, he, he said you'd look at the left back and the left back's looking around thinking, what do I do now? Because it, it, it just didn't happen. Stanley Matthews, right foot, right wing, you know, go around the outside. And, and then Sir Tom would go the other side and dribble with his right foot, at, you know, at, at, uh, yeah, and, and dribble with his, yeah, his right foot. And, and they just said he was just unbelievable. He said, then he played through the middle and he said he could leap, he could jump. And he said he would jump early. And these big centre forwards, because they couldn't feel themselves against him, and he was flicking balls on. And everything, and I mean, you know, they tried to fascinate him every time he played. He was just, he was, he is one of the best, the best ever. I mean, that Shank story, which is half of it's true, but somebody like Jimmy Armfield, Jimmy would always just say, "Oh, oh my God!" Have you seen? When every time I saw Jimmy, he used to say to me, "Have you seen him lately?" Which was like to Tom, and I went, "Yeah, I did some stuff with him the other week." He went, "God," <laughs> and, that, and that's from a Blackpool player. Says everything, yeah. doesn't it? God. He just, he just said, God. 
Boys, I don't have you, have either of you got anything for Mark? I think we've covered everything, especially after the Tino Espria story. <laughs> <laughs> Tino, brilliant. Brilliant. Brownie? No, nothing else for me. I think the the last the last point. What are you doing me, now, Mark? Like, well, it's gone. What are you doing now? Mainly. Talking to you three. What are well, you yeah. doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, are you I retired? Got... Or are you well, should have should have retired months ago. No, um I still got a contract with the Beeb, so I do football focus on a I don't know, I think probably do about twelve a season, something like that. I do some radio five stuff. I do quite a lot for LFC TV, um, commentate or go to the games. And stuff, but to, to be honest with you, I've got I've had this house for fifteen years in Mallorca, and um, I'm just going to go there uh, on a more regular basis. Um, I've got long COVID. They're pretty sure I've got long COVID. I'm absolutely fine, but it, what it is is it affects my knee joints and my my hands and everything. I thought it was uh, just rheumatoid arthritis or something, but the doc says no, it's it's long COVID, but it, it will go eventually. And Obviously, when, when I'm in the sun, it's not half as bad as when I'm obviously not in the sun. And I'm thinking, well, oh, hold on, October, November, December, January, February, Southport slash Northwest or or Mallorca, Port Andrach. I know where I'm going. There's only one winner there, isn't there? I, I would have thought so. The only problem is you, you'd, I'll end up an alcoholic. <laughs> but it's just the way it is, isn't it? it it's just, it's, hey, but would you go. move the family out of there? No, no, because um, no, because I mean they don't live with me anyway. But my son's in his last year at uni this this term. Uh, sorry, this year, which is where is he? He's at Manchester Met. He's doing journalism. Stupid bugger, right? <laughs> and uh, and my daughter's she goes to Salford Uni and she's studying uh, criminology, which is a little bit worrying. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So it's 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 the t- it's the time to go because my. My better half now, um, she she lives in York, but her dad, I'm going on a bit here, but her dad had over 500 winners on the flat horse racing, a, a guy called Mel Britton, and he taught himself to train horses. And then, of course, he was doing that and he started buying some and selling some. He's had over 500 winners. So, um, and then now a friend, now a friend of Trevor's is what? Is he a friend of Trevor? Yeah, no, they know Trevor. They all, they all, they every, well, everyone knows Trevor, don't they? But, um, but I mean, Trevor's generally is is over the jumps, and he is is yeah. horses over the jumps. But, uh, but um, no, a dad, a dad basically was uh, horses on the flat, so it's all the Arab boys and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so, and um, and I go and I go to so a brother's now a, a brother's now um, training Anthony Britton. He's had about fifty winners this year. So I do, I go down there, and it's fascinating. Just watching how they train the horses and all that kind of stuff, and he's he's of the of the opinion he trains them like footballers, and he just he works them really really hard. You just got to be very very careful with 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 obviously with horses because the slightest thing and they can be out for a while. But he's got this special six six furlong gallop, and horses only ever hurt the front legs. It's never the back. It's all the pressures on. On the front legs, it's just interesting to, to to watch them train and and stuff like that. And it, it's I, I find it really really fascinating. But I'm obviously boring you all now. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, Mark. Yeah, I think unless any of you have got anything else you want to say, then I think we can wrap it up there. I want to watch the rest of the cricket: England women versus New Zealand. I'll leave you to crack on. 
Happy days. Cheers, Mark. Thank you very much. See you, Mark. See you later. Thank you. Yeah, so that's Mark Lawrenson. He wasn't supposed to join us as early as he did. So I'm I'm hoping that we managed to cover everything as planned. Um, and that you boys enjoyed it. Thanks for thanks for coming on and, and giving up more of your time. It's appreciated. Yeah, cheers, Jake. Enjoyed it. Cheers, Jake. Yeah, cracking. Right, yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you very much. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode six of the From the Finney podcast. Um, this My intention with this was that it was going to be the middle episode of three in a week but i don't think we're gonna get a third in the week i think it'll probably be if it's gonna happen in a couple of weeks time so yeah stick with us i'm gonna have a meet out on monday so yeah cheers